Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. The reason I want to talk about this was a spur-of-the-moment decision earlier on because I was sitting, myself and Lena, you know, discussing what we're going to talk about in the show. And because it's Christmas, we didn't want to talk about anything too serious, you know, because, you know, we want to bring a bit of joy into the world. And as we were sitting there, I'm looking over Helena's head, as I normally do when she's trying to talk to me, uh, at three screens behind me. And I see this chap that I know really well from um, many, many years ago. Um, he's a good acquaintance of mine, a guy called Keelan Doyle. And he's on RT Junior. And there's two kids with him. They're probably about seven or eight years of age, maybe a little bit older. And he's out trudging around these swamps somewhere up in the, the mountains somewhere. I don't know where he is. I'll find out in a second. And I'm going, what is he doing? So he's taking newts out of the water and he's putting it into the kids' hands. And the kids are like, the the wonderment on their face as they see this little creature crawling around on their hands. Something they'd never seen before. We don't even do it, kids, anymore. And I was thinking, is it actually now, I know I have a heart of stone, but it kind of brought, brought a bit of a tear to me eye. You know, because I remember when my kids were young. I remember when I was young, I used to do that. But we just don't see kids doing it anymore. We just don't. I remember we used to go looking for frogs up in what used to be the dump in Edenmore, but then became a grassland when they stopped the landfill. And it used to fill with water on, on rainy days. And it became a bit of a swamp. And we used to all go up there with our jam jars. And he's on the line, uh, Keelan Doyle, who's a marine biologist and probably one of the best experts in this country we have when it comes to marine biology, and also owns Seahorse Aquariums, which is up there in Ballymount. I'll talk about that a bit more in a minute. But Keelan, good afternoon to you and happy Christmas. Good afternoon, happy Christmas. I, I, when he started that introduction, I said, he's not going to make me sing, please, no. <laughs> we'll, and, we'll... and thankfully you didn't, but listen... <laughs> Great to hear from you. How are you? I'm good, Keelan. Now, Keelan, you know, I did have to look at your face before Christmas and before I had my dinner, but in saying that, look, you have been on the telly quite a lot you recently. Can, you, you can see, you can dance, and you look awful. <laughs> but, but, but you'll go a long way, yeah? Well, Keelan, you are going a long way. I mean, RT featured in a documentary recently about seahorses, um, and that was an amazing documentary that a lot of people might remember, because I know, and I'll talk a bit more about that, the seahorses in a few minutes. But this RT Junior programme, what's the name of the programme, by the way? The name is Wild Kids, and we basically filmed 15 programmes all around Ireland, and it was myself and several other presenters and kids. And I suppose it was targeted at young kids, you know, sort of five, six, seven, eight. And it was really the objective was to try and, I suppose, highlight the, the amazement and the wonders of nature that actually does exist right under our noses, in our local parks or streams. And I suppose it was trying to get kids off the phones, off the iPads, and get out into the wild with their parents and really just get back to basics, as you say, and enjoy themselves. And uh, when you put that, was that a news you put into their hand, was it? That, that was a news. So we were down, that particular programme was down in Cross Malina, down in the lovely Mayo, and we were out in the bog. And, like, this is all... Ad hoc, like we're out there, and whatever we find, we find. And of course, as they always say in TV, you know, don't work with children and animals. Children yeah. and animals. And we're, we're doing both, and uh, it's whatever you find, you find. And of course, they're so young and innocent, and you're kind of trying to get them to reshoot and redo something. But they, they're just too, they're just too young. And but they looked just, naturally amazed by the whole thing. I mean, the two of them were. I mean, I see kids on iPads and computers and there's a look of frustration on their faces, right? Because they're playing games and they're... they're, But when you see them stand out there and their little welly boots on them and you're putting these little animals... And there was a presenter on after you then and she had caterpillars and it was a huge big caterpillar she had crawling around the kids' hands and they were genuinely amazed by this, you know? And 
children don't see that. When I was a young Flakeelan, I used to go up to the, the, it used to be a dump in Edenmore. It's not a dump, there's houses there now. But And then they stopped landfilling it and they let grass grow on it. And then it just became a swamp area. And we used to go up there and there was newts, there was frogs, tadpoles. We used to get them in jam jars, bring them into school and they'd keep them in a little thing in school. And then we'd watch them change from tadpoles into frogs and lay their eggs. And you don't hear this thing, anything happen anymore. You don't. And like the thing is, and the sad thing is, and I suppose the, 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 the positive thing really is that once you get kids out into the wild, kids, kids are still kids. And, you know, kids are still fascinated by these creatures. And we try and go out. We also go out to schools where we kind of do educational programs. And, you know, when they see the wonder of the nature in front of their eyes, it's, it's amazing. And they forget about the iPads. They forget about the IT. And we just have, we just have great fun. And, like, people talk about Ireland and you have to go abroad to these tropical locations. I mean, this stuff is everywhere. Whether you're in the beach in Dollymount or Port Marnix or the frog episode that we filmed, one of them was up in... in yeah, let me get to the frogs. Now, I love frogs, right? My partner only said to me recently, she loves frogs too. But she said, we don't see them anymore. We used to see frogs and, you know, big. You know, we used to call them bullfrogs, which were the big ones. I don't know what they're officially called. We used to call them the bullfrogs. Yeah. But you don't see them. I, I, I'm, is it my imagination or is there a lack of them nowadays? Well, there is, there is a lack. There's no two ways about it. And, of course, people often ask why. And it's all down to the food. So, you know, what do frogs feed on small little critters, little insects and what have you. And because we're spraying like crazy these days, whether it's farming or domestically, and a lot of the insects, like think about it, when, when I was a kid, I used to drive down to, to Mayo, down to my grandparents every holidays. And I always remember my folks would have to stop the car at least twice to try and clean all the dead insects that were on the, the window and were on the, the lights. You don't see that anymore. It's gone. You can drive from, from Dublin to Mayo and, you know, if you've got one or two insects, and I'm sure a lot of people can remember and can relate to that. And it's, it's a bad thing because this is the food that starts the food chain. This feeds the bigger insects, which feeds the frogs, which feeds the hedgehogs, the foxes, the badgers. You know, it's, it's all interlinked, and this is the problem. So, unfortunately, because we're wiping a lot of our insects out, we're having a knock-on effect with other species, including frogs. So, so if I wanted to go frog hunting, or not, and I don't mean that in a bad way, I'm not going to do any harm to them, but if I want to go finding them and, and so I can hold them and have a look at them, where's the best, if I live in Dublin, for example, where's the best place for me to go? Well, for example, and the one thing I'd say is despite numbers are down in lots of areas, like there is still a massive amount of wildlife around Ireland. I mean, Ireland has a hugely healthy, diverse population of, of all kinds of animals, including frogs. And where we filmed the frog programme was up in Bohanabrina Reservoir, which is, which is up at the back of Tala. And for anybody who hasn't been up there, it is absolutely fantastic. It is a beautiful walk, beautiful trees, beautiful landscape. And there's a lovely reservoir there that's full of animals from frogs to herons. Believe it or not, it's actually one of the highest numbers of frog populations in Europe is based up in Bohanabrina. So and there's a massive density of frogs up there. Massive, and and massive. how do I, if I'm looking for a frog... What's the most like? Am I going to find him in a puddle? Am I going to find him in a river? Am I going to find him under some leaves? Where would I look to see to find the frog? This, this time of year, you'd be looking at you'd be looking at under the leaves because they're kind of almost hibernating. So you'd be looking at under the leaves, under the rocks. There you'll find them. But if you go up there, and over Christmas, I mean, you'll find them without problem. But if you go up there early spring, you, you can't but find them because every time you take a step, 
you will see baby frogs literally jumping out of your way. Such is the density. It's like a plague of frogs up in Borna Brina. And well, that's and, brilliant, isn't and it? It's a fantastic thing because, as I said, you'll see like there's a huge population of herons, for example, and they all live off the frogs. So if there was no insects, there's no frogs. If there's no frogs, there's no herons. So you can actually see a full, healthy environment where nothing is sprayed. All the animals are there living in harmony, a proper ecosystem, and that's exactly the way we want to keep it. Well, the, the last frog that I saw, it was actually away in Florida, and there was a frog beside the swimming pool, and he was so small that on my small finger, he was half the size of my nail, but I was told that he was fully grown. And he was the smallest frog I have ever seen in my life. He was absolutely tiny. He was like a little micro frog. There's loads of little tiny microscopic guys, and you know some of them. Some of them are actually poisonous. So you'll see some of the really bright ones. Oh, thanks for telling me that. Um, no, I should. Yeah, I, I had my hand and everything. I know you like your wonder, weird and wonderful creatures. So uh, <laughs> you get these bright, bright frogs, and they tend to be like luminous yellows or reds. Okay, so and, that's a word of warning for people. Because is there any poisonous ones in Ireland? If people are picking up frogs, are they dangerous to pick up? Should you make sure you always wash your hands? Obviously afterwards but is there any ones that are generally you know, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a story about licking a frog's belly and all that kind yeah, of stuff no, that, that's just one of them stories uh, the, the frogs and the toads and of course the natterjack toad which is found down in Kerry and what's the difference between a frog and a toad a toad basically is one of them will live in water the other one won't the toad is also a much bigger species um, and we have a toad that's found down in, in uh, Kerry and it's the only place in the world the natterjack toad that this guy has found so that's a very, very special and specially protected down there. But the, the common frog is what we have all over the rest of Ireland. Um, perfectly safe, perfectly okay to handle. And, you know, not long after Christmas, if you're up the, the hills or in the streams or in the puddles, you'll start to see the little frog spawn all around the place. And that's a sign that A, we've got healthy frogs, but B, that spring is coming and, and life, life is returning. Well, now, moving away from the frogs, because that really interests me, and I want to ask our listeners, by the way, texting things that you used to do when you were a kid that you just people don't do anymore. That was one thing, which was going looking for newts and frogs. We used to go a little jam jar. My mother used to put a piece of string on it so you could hold it. Do you remember in the old days, you put the roundy bit of string on it, and you can hold yeah. the jam jar, and you'd come running home with your frogs and newts in the little jar. But the other thing I suppose is I want to talk to you about is because you're quite famous in your own right, Keelan, for breeding seahorses. Uh, people might not be aware of this, but in Ireland, you are the expert I mean, you're the expert worldwide when it comes to breeding seahorses. And what's so unique about, I've been up in your place, and for people who haven't been up there, I'm sure you'll give them a little look around the back if they want to have a look at these seahorses and the way you breed them. But it's uh, seahorse aquariums. It's up in Ballymount, up beside TV3, actually, up at the back of the Red Cow, right? And you sell kind of reef fish and Nemos and all those kind of fish that people will be familiar with on TV. But the seahorses, what's so unique about them that it makes it so difficult to breed them? The, the seahorse, I suppose, the, the, the uniqueness about the seahorse, and there's several things that some of your, your listeners may know, but first of all, it's, it's the only animal in the world, in the whole world, that the male and not the female has the young. So the daddy has the babies, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and for the, the females listening in there, it gets better. Not only does he have the babies, right, but they stay faithful. So he will stay faithful to the, to the female for their entire life. And if she dies... He will actually die of a broken heart about two, two, or three, two or three weeks later. And the final part is every morning of their lives as a couple, he actually dances around the female seahorse. So check that out. He does a dance for you every morning. 
he he stays faithful and will will die of a broken heart if you ever die. And he has the baby. So what about that? For what a great Gina? husband! Huh? <laughs> there today, huh? Right. So he'll have about seven or eight hundred babies at a time. And I've been up in your place and watched this happening live. Uh, and these you have these big huge drums with thousands of baby seahorses. So explain to people why you're producing these seahorses and why you're breeding them and, and why, it's, why it's so difficult for you to do that even. The, the reason, I suppose, as you said at the start, I suppose the claim to fame is that we were the, the first people in the world to, to actually breed the seahorse. And the, in China, for example, they've been trying to breed since 1957. The reason why we're breeding them is that, unfortunately, seahorses are on their way to becoming extinct. Why? Because they're used in traditional Chinese medicine. They're actually used as natural aphrodisiacs. And there's no scientific proof behind it. The only proof or the only reasoning behind it is because they stay together for life. Um, people around the world, a quarter of the population, a quarter of the world's population use them as natural aphrodisiacs because of this pair bonding. And they're hugely expensive. They're more expensive than gold in, in Asia. Um, and what we're doing, it's more, we have, it's a conservation initiative to try and breed seahorses. To stop so them that, taking them out of the sea. To stop them taking out of the sea. So what we have up at the Ballymount is our kind of, is our business essentially. And we breed fish and supply fish and tanks and everything that goes with it. But the other aspect, and it's called Save Our Seahorses, is our charity. And essentially that's working in Asia to teach local fishermen how to grow seahorses rather than taking them from the wild. All right, and for those, by the way, because I know, you know, fish tanks are still a popular thing, you know, to buy the kids, you know, it's great to watch fish. I mean, you sell the freshwater fish. More popular nowadays is the reef fish, which is the saltwater fish, which are more exotic looking. Um, At one stage, when I used to do it, going back about 10 or 15 years ago, when I was a great visitor to your shop at the time, it was a lot more difficult to keep them because of the chemistry of the water. That's become a lot easier now, hasn't it? It has. And even the saltwater, for example, there's a new system that we use. It was developed in Germany. Um, and essentially you don't have to do water change, which was always the sort of stressful thing for people having to go and pick up water or make water and do water changes. Now you actually don't have to, to water change at all once you use this system. And, you know, we find that there's a huge growing interest, I suppose, in keeping fish, A, from parents encouraging their kids because they're all trying to get the kids off the, the iPads and give them a, a sense of responsibility. There's a lot of recent scientific um, studies highlighting the benefits of fish tanks. Just for example, by spending five minutes looking at a fish tank a day, there's a 7% reduction in heart rate and blood pressure. So there's very... It is quite relaxing, isn't it? Very, and, and it's the sound relaxing. of the water moving and all that kind of thing that goes along with it too. So it's that whole chill-out calming. And, and let's be honest, we all need a, need a little bit of that these days. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, w- whether it's... You'll see like we'd have tanks in the likes of the Square and Tala, hospitals and Temple Street and restaurants and a lot of... Um, you know, kids and special needs. And Temple Street, for example, remember we put our first tank there and uh, the chap, Kieran, in charge of the maintenance there at the time, he kind of thought, ah, too much hassle, too much stress. And he didn't actually want us to put the tank. People might remember it. It was the one with Dermot Gavin. We'd done a, a TV program. And it went ahead. And the same guy in charge of maintenance has now gone on record of saying he much prefers to see fish tanks rather than televisions in Temple Street. And we've since installed our 14th aquarium 
in Temple Street Children's Hospital, such as the benefits that they find. With because it's so there. relaxing. And, and, and of course, for anybody who wants to buy, the price has come down substantially for if you want to say buy saltwater reef uh, tanks, which would have the more exotic looking fish. There was a time when it was fierce expensive. Uh, the price has come down uh, substantially since then because the lighting is a lot cheaper now because it's LED lighting rather than the old halide lights that they used to use to try and keep the corals alive and all that kind of thing. So it has... It, it's the, a, the, ones that you, the ones that you used to have in your tank back in the oh, day. Oh, stop. I tell you, three halide lights over me tank and my electricity bill was through the ceiling. I'll never forget it. As long as it is. No, it's, it's, all, it's all LED. It's all much easier. It's much, much cheaper. And, you know, for somebody to keep uh, like that fish, a clownfish, a.k.a. the Nemo, it's easy, it's simple, it's cheap. And, uh, you know, the one comment that we get more than anything from people back, they always say the same thing. They say, Do you know what? We're not watching the television nearly as much since we got the fish tank. And, you know, yes, we're a business, but when we hear that comment back, it yeah. just gives you that sense that it's all and worthwhile. Do you, do you still tell the story of my two fish to everybody? I think I'll have to let you tell that one. That, that story is infamous. <laughs> that, 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 that's not just infamous in Ireland. That story has gone far away. I, wa- I bought, the, I, I was crazy about these reef fish, so I bought two, I, I, I mean, I used to go to Keelan all the time, and I bought two fish, and one was an angel fish, and one was a frog fish. <laughs> And for those who don't know what a frogfish is, he kind of crawls along the bottom. He's probably the ugliest looking creature you've ever seen in your life. But he's big and he's about the size of your fist. And the angelfish was probably about the size of, I was about, what, five inches long? So I bought these two beautiful fish for my fish tank. I came home, put them in the fish tank. I went, oh, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. And I had a lovely reef tank at the time. And I went and had me dinner. And then all of a sudden I went back out and I went... Where's this beautiful angelfish gone? And I think it was about 150 quid, if I remember rightly. Yeah, well, right. I, yeah and I looked and I went, where's the angelfish gone? And I'm looking all over the tank. I'm looking everywhere. I'm looking down the back of the rocks because we had like kind of all this live rock in the tank. No sign of it. I'm looking at the frogfish and he's a big smile on his face. And I could see his stomach moving and the shape, the full shape of a fish. So I rang Keelan to see how I was going to get this fish out of the frogfish. And he said, unfortunately, you can't. They can eat twice their own size in one go, which is incredible. And this guy was inside him. And all I could do was wait for him to digest it over the next three days. But sadly, the poor frogfish had to excrete him again at some point and had a heart attack doing so and died, which was really sad to see these two poor fish dead. That's that, right. I remember that well. And it is, as you say, it was a sad story. And it was a really, the, the frogfish, like for anybody who don't know, they literally look like a stone. So their whole method of survival is is camouflage and the one that you'd put in was very uh, different, shall we say. And yeah. obviously, they were able to expand their mouth. And this, this angel um, had obviously got up to it thinking it was a rock, thinking it was a stone. And as, as what happens in nature, obviously, the frogfish had said, had said, happy days, there's my dinner. But unfortunately for you, it was an expensive dinner. But I remember <laughs> I had a phone call at half, half 11 at night and uh, trying to talk you through how to... Get the fish back out of his stomach. Remove the fish out of the out of the frogfish. Um, so yeah, well. uh, good story. But listen, uh, Keeling, thanks very much indeed for joining us today. It's lovely to hear about the frogs. To be honest with you, because everybody, when I said it in the office here today, everybody, particularly all the lads, all remembered going out looking for newts and frogs. And look, if you do want to see some of those seahorses and those amazing exotic fish, or you you want to buy them, for example, uh, you can pop up there to uh, it's Seahorse Aquariums, and it's up at the back of the Red Cow Inn. There, you'll find it. Ballymount uh, Industrial Estate come on, there. Come on up and we'll show anybody. We have all the different species and baby fish and jellyfish and all kinds of 
funky things up there. It's a the great. Moment, I used so, I used so, to bring uh, my kids up to your shop just for a day out. That's yeah. how that's how wonderful it was. You're, you're, you're part of the furniture at one stage. <laughs> I was. I was. <laughs> Listen, Keelan, it's been lovely talking to you. Have a happy Christmas. All right. Great. Happy Christmas to you and everybody. If they can get out and about this Christmas, there's some wonderful things out there for people to see. Up the likes of Bowen Abrina, enjoy. Happy Christmas to everybody, and talk to you soon. All right, there you go, Keelan Doyle, who's a marine biologist, apart from anything else, and knows an awful lot about animals and particularly aquatic animals. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan show. Classic hits.